You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. the downer of an episode uh just a short couple of days ago and uh now we get to completely turn it around and get right back in the playoff conversation no i'm just <laughs> yeah we're back baby um Climbing did, that eight seed. i did uh i was looking back at all the numbers for uh for the show this being episode 199 of course that means episode 200 is coming up this weekend um and we made it to episode 200 for wrestling, and then we just up and quit. And then uh, that was that. So we'll see. Just need we'll two more. Happens. We'll see what two happens more. with this. <laughs> we'll just never do. We can't get past the hump. We'll have to start another show and see how far we can get past 200. Fester, what's going on, my man? Um, so, yeah, we have we have some fun stuff to discuss today, Mike. Um I've Friend got of the my show. Little, my little yep, man is uh, playing with his piano down here that he got for Christmas. Uh, oh. So we might we might get to hear the stylings of uh, young Teddy Boy and uh, what he's learned so far. Uh, Teddy Connick Jr. Jr., huh? Nice. <laughs> Eric's here. Um, what's up, my man? Performance art. What's going on? Oh, yeah. Uh, if you guys caught any of our fun size episodes, uh, performance art was the standout commenter on uh our little fun size apps i think the last one was was like three minutes long so i'm, I'm doing better with it i'm figuring out how to cut them down three minutes you know, less people watched it though so if i do 11 minutes uh i get uh youtube hikes it up they put it up the scale so i don't know what to do i feel like three minutes is easier to digest but youtube is not happy with a three minute video so we'll, we'll figure it out as we move along gotta get it up to eight <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's start talking about uh, that Sharks game. But um, first, we'll we'll just get some of this out of the way. Why not? Um, Witkowski, Barber, Caden Fulcher up um, or reassigned, I should wow. say, to the taxi squad. Uh, Luke Witkowski has kind of been up and down. It it, de- it definitely looks like right now with that uh, with him coming aboard again in the off season that that was. Uh, <laughs> he was the one who said his uh, New Year's resolution was to get a goal. I think. Yeah, so better, better shot. Uh, and and yeah. I guess in the NHL, I, I'm not. Uh, I wouldn't put any money on him seeing time. Uh, but uh, you know, who knows? Well, let's see what happens. Yeah, or just an Omicron week away from uh, seeing Luke uh, called up. And uh, Matt, <clears throat> I don't know if you've been scoreboard watching, but uh, Red Wings are good lord. We're uh, just one point. <laughs> we're one point behind Boston. Yeah, and they do have five games in hand still. Uh, so do keep that in mind. But just one point. 
Yeah, it's it's about time we start ordering those standings by the points percentage. I think uh, we've been trying to we've been trying to urge everybody to do that all season, but that definitely helps tell the story right now. Um, what? Um, what They're at six twenty one. Like, we are uh, we're coming in at five fifteen. Nice. I think we we did it before too. We we're looking at past seasons and how far above 500 we need to be and i think uh you really got to hit that 600 to, to consider yourself like i'm a legit playoff contender and uh i i might actually have a shot at this yeah um i would also say that we need to uh continue you know maybe playing the sharks uh because our total season goal differential matt um the top eight seeds in the conference are all in the positive uh boston that who are chasing uh, plus nine run wings still at uh, minus 18, um, which is uh, two touchdowns, two two point conversions, and a field goal away uh, from getting to even again. So it's we're in a little trouble there. But uh, yeah, as long as we keep playing the Sharks, uh, I don't know if you saw, Matt. I, I don't know how much time I'm going to devote to that game of this show. Uh, but they had just finished talking about episode. the Red Wings setting their own uh, futility streak uh, for not yeah. getting shorthanded goals. Oh, and it was at like 104 uh, games. Oh, 101. Yeah. Yo. Yeah, it, uh, I built out. I've got the little slideshow here. Uh, first shorthanded goal in 101 games. And we get the fastest two shorthanded goals, or I, I should say not the fastest, but on our list for Detroit Red Wings, fastest two shorthanded goals, uh, 37 seconds apart. Few Suter and Tyler Bertuzzi. Um, you know, if you, if you, Kind of run down this list here. You've got Chani and Doug Brown in 1999 did it. December 17th, 1999. Uh, Del Vecchio and Mikoski, uh, 1958. Fedorov and Lidstrom, pretty cool, 1999. Uh, Primo and Fetizov, 96. Uh, Fedorov and Iserman, 92. Burr and Iserman, uh, 88. And then uh, there's, there's Suter and, uh, and Tyler. Uh, Mike. How insane is, I mean, we've, we've got two of them on this list here. Shanahan and Doug Brown, 11 seconds. Delvecchio and McCoskey, 14 seconds. What the, what the hell happened? How is that even possible? 11. I don't know how to feel about the stat from 1958, but can I say how uh, outside of maybe McCoskey, who we don't know as well, and you know, I don't know if I want to throw Keith Primo in there. This this is a pretty impressive list of human beings who've played hockey. And then there's uh, Bertuzzi and Puse. Are you you're or wait, There's quite you a few. Doing, all, I'm just, I'm just saying there's a lot of all in the impressive in list. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I just want to make sure we were on the same page. I thought you were throwing him in the. We don't know. <laughs> no, I, I you know like a, a name they'll go. Huh, Primo. Eh? I mean, I would put Primo closer on a suitor list than I would on an Iserman list. Well, agree to disagree. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is, this is insane. Yeah, first ballot clearly, Hall of Famer, Keith Primo, huh? Yeah. Clearly you have, you, you've got to be a big name here to, uh, to get on this list. But yeah, I just, it blows my mind. 11 seconds apart, uh, on short-handed goals. Uh, quite, quite a dumpster fire of a power play. Uh, but, uh, yeah, back it up here. Red Wings, uh, also won the game six to two. Uh, <laughs> this is, this is a nice bounce back after, uh, quite, quite the stinker uh against boston i i that that was that wasn't even painful as, as teddy's letting us know down here uh at my feet that wasn't just painful that was that was just straight up boring and hard to watch from a red wings fan perspective it, it was just bad hockey um and you you heard as much from jeff we even talked about it in the last episode we pulled up jeff's comments and he was like no no we're 
there's like no excuse for it. it there was what was the what was the line you took? There was no rust. This was just bad. Yeah, this wasn't a rust situation. This is uh, one team. Basic. Well, this part isn't a quote. But this this part is paraphrasing. But he's like, you know, Boston. It was essentially just an ass kicking. So um, I, I don't want to attribute this to you know guys coming back from COVID and getting back into the thick of it. And nope, this is one team really wanted to win, and then uh, we were the other guys. So I don't know if this is. <laughs> Really, a uh, um, as much of a measuring stick because we know that the you know the Sharks are not as good as Boston, but uh, whew, at least it kind of felt good to get that that rotten play out of our system. Um, you know, really fill up the stat sheet with goals, uh, break some some dubious streaks, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, kind of kind of show uh, our boy Hurdle uh, what life could be like. Um, you know, playing in Detroit instead of San Jose, which was which was my goal um, in this game. Well, I, I mean, I would come away and, and say, um, you know, not not exactly the best uh, showing. Like, I, I, I wasn't uh, I wasn't watching that going, oh, boy, we better we better make that trade straight away with his 33.61 expected goals for percentage against the Red Wings defense. So, uh, yeah, not not the most impressive showing for our, uh, our top trade target. I mean, you did Hurdle. just defend Keith um, Primo. Can Hurdle be the next Keith Primo, Matt? Can we make that argument? Yeah. <laughs> um, so what I was coming to, Mike, was was the point of Boston, uh, that game against Boston being the stinker and uh, hard to watch, and, and right, there was no excuse for it. Straight from Jeff Blaschel. And then this game coming back 6-2. Mike, to your point, which I, I, I think this goes back to early December, um, maybe November actually is more accurate. It was the first time you brought it up. But you, you said it. It's a 500 team. It's going to be... Ebbs and flows exactly like this. And is there anything more accurate than saying 500 teams get a 500 when they lose by four goals and then the next game turn around and win by four goals? I, it's, this is this is perfect. You're going to take those teams that are playoff teams and man, oh man, if we look like poo-poo in some of those games. But uh, then you take, take a team like the Sharks, who will probably be on the outside when uh, the season's all over. And... Uh, Handled him pretty good. I, it's just that's that's it right now. We're right we're right in, the, in that middle where uh, you know we're not the only way you make ground is winning those games against Washington and Boston. Like the only way you make you make ground in the playoff race, and um, that's our that's our evidence right there. Right, like you're you're stuck in the five hundred realm, so you're going to be outside of the playoff race by the end of the season, and. Um, you're still going to have these games though, where, where it gets, it's fun to watch again. And, and Pew Suter looks like, uh, you know, a completely different player. Tyler Bertuzzi does his 60% shooting percentage. Like we always say, we need to be out of Tyler for us to get a win. And I, uh, I will say, I don't know that for sure, but I certainly, we can pull that up. Um, you know, Nadalkovich has another good looking game. He actually was, I will say this cause I, I was, uh, I was going to put this as part of the show. And I had to remove the slide um, because Nadelkovich was negative. He broke his uh, positive expected goals against, uh, or I'm sorry, goals saved above expected streak. Kind of a kind of a bummer there. Um, yeah. All right, but let's jump into the comments here. Uh, some of the some of the comments uh, just wanted us to move on here. But performance art, he does like that. Blash doesn't make excuses. Um, 
that's actually might be a good transition to, to what uh, what he said about Philip Sedina and uh, also the penalty against Giovanni Smith. Uh, but to Ooh, that point, yeah, we got to make a few minutes for that too. Performance art pointing out we do have uh, a new second line to consider. So, Mike, maybe to my point about Nadelkovich and having a whole slide devoted to it and then removing it, I'm going to say maybe, maybe not. Um, so clearly. Six goals yesterday. The second line looked really good. I mean, from the eyeball test, we don't even need to worry about analytics. Rasmussen looked like a whole new player. Um, like, I, I I described it online. Um, I forget who I was talking to. It was either Performance Art or our buddy Jared, who um, uh, isn't in the comments right now. But I said, putting him on the wing gives Michael Rasmussen that space to be the speed of Michael Rasmussen and not have to get back up and down the ice uh, with the same sense of urgency or, or need uh, from the position perspective, uh, you know, it, 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 from the center position. So that Rasmussen doesn't need to have the speed to get back up and down the ice. Wing, he, ha he has a little bit more wiggle room. Um, but uh, let, me, let me go through here because uh, I, have, I have a couple of things to talk about in regards to Rasmussen. We also want to talk about the Philip Sedina uh, cut, but this well, we could start the conversation here. So what I built out, a natural stat trick, Mike. Um, and this is just, these are these numbers uh, for anybody who's who's watching on YouTube right now. We'll, we'll explain everything. I'll move slow. These are actually sorted. Um, and oh, you know what? Oh, shoot. They were unsorted. But uh, what I have highlighted here, the ones that were highlighted uh, are the ones that have the uh, highest expected goals for percentage. So if you guys are watching on YouTube, everybody listen to the podcast right now. Uh, what I have in here is performance by players. Uh, one, two, and three. Player one, Philip Sedina. Player two, Hugh Suter. Player three, Michael Rasmussen. And it's them either playing together alone or some version or combination of the two. Mike, your highest expected goals for percentage is Philip Sedina not playing with either one of them. So this is what we're trying to do. We're trying to discover, based on last night, did was there such an amazing performance that we could say the second line is good to go. So Philip Sedina playing by himself, no Pews, no Rasmussen. Mike, number two on this list, expected goals for percentage, 56.77. I should mention that first number was 58.81. Number two is Pew Suter, Michael Rasmussen with no Phillips Adina. So that was our situation last night. And we loved it. Looked amazing. And uh, number three here, Mike, on the list is Phillips Adina without Pew Suter, but with Michael Rasmussen at 56.21. So what do we gather from this? Mike, you gather absolutely nothing you gather zero from this because we don't have enough of a sample size to say anything yet so what i brought this up for when i first started trying to figure out how much better did pew Suter and michael rasmussen look together compared to pews and zadina it's really not uh, statistically significant in any way shape or form yet for us to make a determination so like even if you want to look at Zadina and uh, Suter specifically without Rasmussen, so you're looking at uh, 234 minutes of ice time this year. They're just about at 50% for expected goals for percentage, and that's 234 minutes of ice time compared to 
the 11 minutes of ice time that Suter and Rasmussen have played together so far. This is all coming from natural stat trick. I got to keep uh, throwing that in there and make sure you guys know where this is coming from. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I just wanted to put that out there. I, I Clearly, like I said, the um, the eyeball test to, to say it was passed last night, um, certainly. The second line looked great. But I, I am not ready to say anything yet more than that, especially based off of these numbers here. And especially, you know, we can't forget. We had, we had a couple of slices of Swiss cheese in that for uh, for San Jose. Not to mention, you know, I mean, we're talking about the Red Wings being able to skate circles around a team. And even uh, Jeff brought that up where um, whether it was in the defensive zone or on the offensive zone, they were able to get a step ahead of San Jose. So, I mean, you don't, you don't get that every night. So, you know, this kind of goes twofold, right? Um, I, I keep talking here. You, you could measure this with Zadina's out so the team just looks better, right? Somebody could say that. And I, I, it would be tough for you to sit there and make the argument against it, besides the fact that it's a very small sample size. Um, or you just say San Jose isn't a great team. And we played better at home than a team that's not so great. So there's, there's part two of that conversation. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's, it's right. It's really what you want to latch on to harder right now as, as a fan and observer of last night's game. I think playing San Jose is a, is a fun measuring stick. Um, we're looking at Washington and Boston. Those are for me, uh, it's not much of a leap, uh, you know, more, more upper echelon teams, right. Where you need that kind of maximum effort that Blash alluded to. Sharks are kind of, um, you know, they're on our level. Uh, they're kind of kind of right around 500. Um, you know, play a little bit better at home than they do on the road. Um, so you're right, we don't have much of a sample size. Uh, but I think we have at least enough to maybe not maybe not healthy scratch Sedina again, uh, but kind of see what he looks like um, down the pecking order because I, I think there's enough... Um, you know, eyeballs kind of kind of opening at, at Rasmussen's performance to kind of be like, hey, maybe uh, give this another shot because we've been waiting for this guy to, you know, kind of, you know, reemerge from, you know, a, a, a prospect that we used to be excited about, like a, a first round center that we, you know, were excited about. And we were kind of worried this was this was going to be a guy who was just going to, you know, fourth line the rest of his life. Um, so I think we're kind of we're we're hoping uh, for those, you know, less glimpses and more consistency. And this, this was, you know, a, a you know, whistle to whistle full 60 minutes where you kind of felt like, Hey, you know, this guy looks like something here. So um, at the very least, I, I would hope when we play Anaheim this week, um, you know, we, maybe we could give that line combination another shot. And then uh, I guess the follow-up question, Matt, is where would you put Zadina um, against the Ducks? Yeah, I think what uh, what I wanted to end the conversation with is that I'm not ready to say second line is solved or even say that Rasmussen is down. Well, we do have to ride hot hands with a team that's this void of depth. Right. You absolutely have to play the same exact line again. Um, so what we have, we have injuries now, um, you know, uh, Zadina scratched for a game and now he's just going to be back in because of injuries. So, 
or at least that's what I read on the on the athletic today is they were trying to dissect what was going on last night. So I I you just gotta hope that it's not one of those things where Blashell thinks that the problem will be solved because of one game of being scratched. We also have to remember Zadina wasn't even like for sure on the second line in every game leading up to this too. Uh, he was getting moved down to the third line already. I think the more important thing here though, is that um, regardless of what we want to talk about with Zadina, um, Rasmussen had a good game. Like you put it, Mike riding, riding the hot hand is, is kind of how you want to keep moving forward with this because you don't, um, we're basically talking about two first round picks here. And the last thing you want to do is, you know, end the season and start looking at both of those guys and going, well, shoot, we need as many first round picks as we can get. And scratching two of them off the list would really hurt. Am I scratching Zadina off any lists right now? Absolutely not. Is there anything that he's done so far, putting the puck in the back of the net to tell me he absolutely is a piece of this core going into the future? Nah. No, like, um, it doesn't mean that we're writing him off, but you're looking for things. I mean, look at the season Larkin's having. Look at the things that Ward Cider does. You could put those guys in the core. No problem. Boom. Core. Um, I'm very particular about, you know, who I put in my core. I know there's other podcasts out there that are just like, well, core is just your guys that are in the top six. And, you know, we won't name names on who those podcasts are, but uh, they're listening they know uh, who I'm talking about. And it's just, like right we're now, talking about like our winning Stanley Cup future core. Those, there's probably three names I'm, I'm happy right now to still use a pencil, but I'm, I'm three names I'm going to pencil in. So far, not enough to pencil Z in there. So do you know right now, um, well, he looks more like, uh, and I know that this is a little bit different because of injury, but just in terms of oh, like the team that drafted him, how they have to start feeling, he, he kind of feels more like uh, St. Louis Fabry rather than Detroit Fabry, where it's kind of like, man, I don't know if, what we got to do to get this guy going. If it's just, if it's ever going to happen in Detroit, because, you know, we got to start seeing healthy scratches. It's not like there's never been a player who's, you know, succeeded after, you know, getting sat down for a couple games, but it's just, Anthony Bailey actually uh, had quite a bit of success after he got sat down. Yeah, it's just, um, man, we you know we keep waiting and waiting and waiting, and uh, I don't know how much longer we're going to be doing that, Matt. Especially as uh, we start to see, you know, maybe where some contracts are starting to end. Um, well, yeah. Like what kind of money would you want to be giving Zadina at this point? Right. And that's, that's a really tough conversation because what you get, what you get to say to Zadina in that conversation is you should, you haven't shown us enough for you to get, you know, first round pick second contract money. Uh, but also why is that exciting for us? <laughs> Zadina hasn't shown us anything. Can't wait to sign him to that tiny contract. Um, and again, he's only 22. Uh, right. But he is going to be a restricted free agent, and, uh, and you're kind of like, well. And this when is... I say he hasn't shown us anything, uh, uh, Exhibit A here is is the the difference between his expected goals and the and the actual goals. So that's uh, before I get jumped on <laughs> for saying he hasn't shown us anything. Clearly, he shows us a pretty good two way game, uh, even though these uh, numbers actually identify a player who's struggling quite a bit defensively as well. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, offensively, uh, the chances, the attempts are there. Uh, it's just, yeah. Um, I did, uh, you know, I, I was talking over you too. I, I got to give you an opportunity to finish your thought too. Oh yeah, no, that was pretty much it. Uh, just because, you know, I think both sides right now are, you know, I think we talked about this when Fabry got his extension, but I mean, both sides have got to be, you know, Red Wings are not jumping to, you know, extend a guy who we're, we're expecting goals any time now. Um, uh, no, they haven't come in yet. We're, we're still expecting them. And then Zadina, there's no reason for him to want to sign a contract that, you know, is going to be reflective of his low, um, you know, um, uh, the, you know, basic statistics, you know, goals and assists, because they're, they're not there yet. Yeah. I mean, um, that's actually a great point too, because he'll probably want to come in with a short term and that'll be good for both sides. Uh, Cause you don't want to lock up what you've seen so far from, Zadina. Yeah, I feel like you would definitely want to prove, you know, I, I got more than what I've shown you. So, you know, give me a give me a short term and, um, you know, I'll, I'll put those numbers on the statue. Well, it'll certainly be something we'll be talking about with uh, him being our, uh, I, I would say, looking at the list right now. You've got Mitchell Stevens and Philip Zadina is probably our two hottest restricted free agents. Um I mean, if I go down the list, Chase Pearson, Taro Hirose, me. Um, and then you've got, we've got to make some decisions, some future decisions on Victor Bradstrom, Philip Larson, and then who we just talked about being called up to the taxi squad, uh, Caden Fulcher. So, uh, Claire, I, yeah, again, I'll, I'll just reiterate probably the most important RFA conversation we're going to have. Um, Mike, I, I dare say with, with the, with the advanced analytics showing a player that can be successful, but the production clearly not being there, this might be, I, I would say since the Iserman, the, the Iser plan started, uh, this might be the most interesting restricted free agent contract uh, we'll be discussing uh, coming up, you know, as the months move along, as we go into the off season, uh, as Red Wings fans go, everybody on Twitter, everybody on Reddit, this will be, this will be a very interesting conversation. I think. Uh, it, it, you know, we might get one sooner rather than later. Um, if, if this just comes down to, you know, Zadina wanting to move forward, let's just get, let's ink another contract and, and see what I can do next season. Or, um, you know, maybe we'll hit arbitration yes. again. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm looking at, uh, his, I'm making sure before I, you know, step out of bounds here. I want to make sure he would actually be eligible for arbitration. Um, I don't see anything that goes against that. So yeah, I think, uh. Oh, nope. Not eligible. All right. So we don't even have to worry about that. All right. Here you go. Bingo, bingo. That's going to be a really tough. I'm glad I'm not his agent. That's going to be a really tough deal right now. Um, a wing. So a non-center without a lot of points. Uh, we don't really give him, you know, he's. we call him a defensive forward right now because he's not scoring. But it's not like we, you know, necessarily count on him on the penalty kill or something like that. Um, he's not really contributing on the power play very much, Oof, but he's still only 22. There's yep. There it is. <laughs> only 22. And man, we expect a lot of goals at some point. So we'll see.
Hey, hockey fans, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner in the NHL, has a no-brainer offer that'll make you a winner once any shot gets past the goalie. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores. That's right, the NHL got rid of ties in 2005, so you know someone is going to light the lamp. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, no worries. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Throw down $1 in any NHL game and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now, uh, Kalen here, and sorry if I got, I'm, I'm assuming Kalen, uh, Raz looked like a whole new player, question mark for all the podcast listeners. Really? He made one good pass after he flubbed his chance. Still see him covering no one in their end, losing board battles to sticks, dumping chase without chase. Um, I watched a completely different game from Kalen. So, uh, what I saw were multiple instances throughout this game that, uh, Rasmussen was making plays all on his own. And I, that was before the puck even hit the back of the net from, uh, from Pew Suter's stick. So for me, I saw a guy that was making a lot of plays. I mean, first, second, and third period. I saw a guy that played a very good game. So I, I mean. Yeah, just let us know too, if it is Kalen probably, or if it is Kalen or something, maybe we're, we're not used to, but I think what you're describing is what we've seen the whole year out of, out of Rasmussen. But, um, yeah, I, yeah I, I'm going to be on Matt's coattails. Yesterday was, woo! It looked like he was uh, he was playing for his contract last night. He he looked ready for he looked to re up his deal last night or something. I mean, yeah, I I get to kind of cheat here too and play this game. I mean, Rasmussen's going to end the night. Like, if you want to talk about him losing battles from the eye the eyeball test from advanced analytics test he was blowing everything out of the water i mean uh 72 expected goals for so what we're measuring there are chances he's giving up to chances that while he's on the ice are hitting uh the net or at least being thrown at the net and the same thing for attempts 62 percent while rasmussen is on the on the ice 62 percent of the time they were in favor for the red wings that's um that's tipping the scales mike that that's a hell of a night um now it's an on ice statistic so it has a lot to do with what Fabry and Suter are doing out there too but um I mean here's the thing we've seen the second line perform this well we just haven't seen these plays and and the finish and the excitement from the second line uh we've just seen a lot of disappointment so I'm I'm gonna come back chalk this up to Rasmussen did have a great game and uh to performance art I think he said on here um just kind of reiterating i think you leave rasmussen and pews together fabs at the moment um but yeah that's that's what we're coming down to right we're, we're gonna I mean, move these... forward it was a good enough game for me uh to see this continue and and the advanced analytics track as well so full steam yeah, ahead. I mean, any any time that um you're getting a game where not only did you seem to unlock rasmussen but you unlock pews again um because we know that he's not 
you know, I, I think they pulled up that stat that was like, uh, was that Puse's second multi-goal game? And the other one was that infamous hat trick he had in his Chicago uh, debut against us last year. Um, so, I, you know, anytime you can unlock both of those guys, I, I think you want to keep, you know, keep riding with that and something was going right. Um, I mean, so yeah, that's, we- that's what I would say. Yeah, and we've spent all season going like, and, and unlocking is the perfect way to put it. We've been going all season trying to figure out what's wrong with this second line, and then uh, yeah, then you get a nice looking night like that. Home game um, against the Sharks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we do have some conversation here about um, uh, Zadina getting moved. I I would say like going back to that core conversation. Do they mean traded? Oh yeah, getting traded. I'm sorry, okay. uh, but yeah, that's that's where I'd, I'd come back to that core conversation and just go anybody that's not a part of that core in my eyes. And and like I said, it's a pretty short list uh, for me. And of course, you're not you know you're not looking to trade any of the prospects we have right now either. But um, yeah, I, I mean he's he's available to me. Uh, when I talk about signing him as an RFA, it's only because I don't know how big the market's going to be for Zadina. Um, and I think no, somebody you mentioned in here that Steve, yep. Silver 3344. Steve preaches, preaches patience. So there's no rush to move Zadina. Um, and I think it could be one of those situations where he's going to get his next contract. And if there's no rush to move him now, um, we might want to put him in a good, you know, Steve will put him in a position where he, he's still an extremely movable contract and uh, he'll probably never leave that trade market unless he absolutely blows the doors off production wise. No. Um, I mean, uh, ho- hopefully, you know, Zadina, again, we're going to hit that. That's uh, you know, word of the day is unlock. Otherwise, you know, he could be another uh, Brendan Perlini. He could be another, you know, Fabry, but we'd be on the other end of it where it's just kind of like, man, I don't know if this guy just needs a, a hard reset outside of, you know, Lashle in Detroit. Still plenty of time, but it's just something that, you know, as more games go on, you, you want to start to see some actual um, goals going. So I do want to go back, uh, way back in the comments here. Performance Art said, uh, what did Blash say about Zadina? And then we'll we'll move on from this conversation. But um I what I thought was interesting last night is when Blashell was questioned about uh, the move on Zadina and Rasmussen moving to the second line, and uh, Blash referred to it as you know guy, guys are getting sit because I'm bringing other guys in. That's just what happens. Which you know I it wasn't anything like if this is something where Blash is trying to give Zadina time if he's uh, sending him a message. Uh, that's definitely not going to be taken care of. You know, Blash is Blash is pretty good about not uh, airing the dirty laundry uh, to the press. So we're not going to get anything there. But I, I did still think it was interesting, though, when he brought up putting Rasmussen on the second line, how much he wanted to see size on the second line. And he said, I love how Fabry plays. He's a little firecracker. This isn't verbatim. <laughs> He's a little firecracker, you know. I, I love me some Fabry. Um, I, I'll, that's exactly what Blash said. Uh, so he needed to get Rasmussen in there, and he was trying to fit a guy of Rasmussen's size on that second line. I I thought that was more telling than anything he he like neglected to say about Zadina and being out of the game. Uh, only because he's got new plans for the second line, and you don't look at Zadina and go, "There's your size. There's your beef right there." Uh, he's got 
<laughs> it's it's three guys of, of similar. I would put them all in the same vein of, of Zadina and Suter and Fabry in regards to what are they doing on the ice? Well, they're not, they're not out there to, man, I almost threw in a porn reference. Um, I was going to say bang bros. <laughs> out there to bang bros. I don't know why I was going to say that. It's a uh, old, you remember that one? That was one of the first ones I remember watching when I was a kid. Anyway. <laughs> no, we didn't watch that, man. <laughs> Holy mackerel. Um, Continue. Oh man, I'm. <laughs> Where do I go from here? Help me. I don't know. I, need, uh, I, need... Like, I don't know how I can give you a lifeline out of that one. Uh, but I think what you were saying is that um, the three guys on that line already have a similar build, um, and then Rasmussen is, you know, he's our big hoss, as Jim Ross would say. Uh, yeah. You know, our six foot six guy. Um, I don't. I don't know if the second line we're just man. We need some size. I, I don't even think it's that. We just we need some productivity, man. We need we need to start scoring some goals outside the first line. And I I don't we give Blashell so much grief. Not you and I, I don't I don't think. Um, you know, about it's sometimes we just need to boggle this whole this whole, you know, outside of the top three, the bottom nine, as we'll call it. We don't have a top six, our bottom nine, and just get some guys together and see if we can get these pieces to fit. Um, so I mean, any, I don't even know if he really needed an explanation or an excuse. Um, it's not like these guys were, you know, they were cooking. Uh, we weren't letting the chefs cook. Uh, there, there was nothing. The stove hasn't been on. The fryer's not on. Didn't even have like, you know, salads and fruit ready to go. There's, it's, it's pretty void, Matt, outside of that first line. So I, I don't, I don't know what kind of explanation Plexel owes us at all. This, this is a, a pretty toothless offensive team so he should have you know what he could have said fuck it <laughs> well there goes our clean rating for this episode oh. uh, <laughs> well no wait i ruined it when i brought out bang bros uh silver yeah. 33 44 mike you you had him reeling <laughs> you a look of disgust on i'm your saying like he didn't owe us anything he could have just said f it that's no, why. he meant uh, he meant my horrible reference. Um, and your oh. reaction. Oh, that. you're yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Matthew Nichols. Uh, he wants to know, and I'm gonna edit this for you because he he also edited his own statement next. I uh, wonder if Verana could help Z. Um, so I think we've all been kind of right. Like we put a pin in that. Like we've. <sighs> I'm going to say I, I use the phrase put a pin in it incorrectly right there, but actually it might be correct because uh, we've been talking about Verona coming back so we can make a playoff push uh, a couple of weeks ago. But uh, let's put a pin in that because I think we're settled in this 500 identity right now. So we're outside of the playoffs. But um, we, we've been talking about creating a formidable second line and – the problem is we don't have the center for it right now, but we saw a lot of potential last year with, with uh, Zadina and Verona playing together and they look to have some chemistry a, a wee bit, even though uh, if you take a look at the statistics, I think Zadina only ended up with two assists um, after Verona joined the team. So did Zadina <laughs> go gangbusters after Verona showed up? No, but we did see some, some clever passes and, um, they, they look to have like instant chemistry in that regard. So I think it's just something we'll cross our fingers on. Um, that's where we were talking about bringing in another center. And then you look at this second line right now and you could just bump that down to the third line. And, you, you know, that's where 
if this was a legitimate line and it continues this level of at least creativity, right? And and chemistry, we don't need to see this production every night. But if it if it looked to continue on this path again, creativity wise, chemistry wise, effort wise, you make that your third line, and Verona comes back, and you hope for some chemistry and connection with Sedina. But yeah, then the conversation immediately turns to where's your center for that line? Whether or not you want to make that the second or third line, um, you could make it puce, but now we're already breaking things up for a line that we think right now is working. So it, it's just, it's a huge mess. Craig throws in there Valeno. Um, I'm going to throw Valeno in the same boat as Zadina right now. Uh, I, I understand Valeno's had some bursts. He's had some uh, flashes, I should say, is probably the better way to put that of some really good looking hockey. And uh, clearly it could be about the role that he's playing right now or, or that the wings have him playing, which is hurting his ability to create and, um, you know, do what he needs to do offensively. I recognize that, but also I don't look at Valeno in any way, shape or form and see him as um, he hasn't shown me enough to say, that's my answer. I, I, I am right now playing the game of looking outside the organization to actually create a uh, not just the top six but we're trying to create three lines here i just did four off screen three lines here that are going to make us a legit contender and um i think it's very fair to say that we haven't seen enough from valeno to plug him in now mike right now this team is so bad put valeno in there let's see what happens because it doesn't hurt us right now we're not trying to make the playoffs we're not trying to win a stanley cup go ahead give it a shot but i haven't seen enough to say let's roll Eh, I I don't know. Valeno, he he always seems like uh kind of the fan answer right now, or it's like let's let's just give him a shot. And I feel like he's just a Zadina whose warts we don't know yet. Because we just Ooh. don't have enough of a sample size. So well, it's yeah. not like he's really lighting the world on fire statistically. It's just we we don't we we don't know to have that uh like frustration animosity against him yet so i i don't think that he's going to be our second line center of the future um I, it's probably going to have to be somebody that they do sign in free agency or somebody that they draft I, I don't i don't see a number two center on this team i i don't i don't see one in the minors in the next couple of years yeah, that is actually a pretty scary thought. Like, eventually we're going to be turning back to uh, we've we've done our prospect roundup, uh, but eventually we're going to have to take a look at the upcoming draft. And uh, was that um, was this was a uh, commenter? Was that Mike Smith? Was that his name? Uh, Craig. Craig Smith. Um, Craig McDonald. Yeah, I, I think that Craig McDonald. Yeah. Oh, there was a comment ago that was um, about Verona that he's the one who posted the question. Oh, uh, da, 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 Matthew Nichols. Wow, I wasn't even close. Yeah. Um, so yeah, well, yeah. Uh, another Matthew here. Um, yeah, I think that Verona would help Sedina. Um, I think the Red Wings' scariest issue is um, Verona would easily be whoever's on his line. He's easily the best player. Uh, <laughs> it's just going to be who gets to be based, on the coattails. Who's going to be on, on the coattails? Saw, based yeah. on what we saw in those last 13 games last year. Absolutely, he'll be the best. But I... I 13 games is also a small sample size if we're going to if I'm going to be pretty harsh on the second line like I was earlier in the show. Um Static 7, um Valeno is my favorite. Give Valeno a real chance. All right. Here's the thing. Valeno right now Mike sits as out of 20 He does have players. outstanding eyebrows. 
out of 23 players that have put on the winged wheel, Mike, Valeno yes. sits at 23rd right now in expected goals for percentage. Um, and he's also, from an attempt standpoint, 18th. So he's also last in, in production. So production he's allowing compared to production he's putting on the ice. So the, these are percentages that will also reflect his role. What I mean by that is you could say he's, like we said earlier, he's not put in the position to succeed offensively, but that does not hinder him and his line mates and his role from preventing defensively. Either side, he's getting absolutely just bowled over. And his level of competition is also lower. Um, This is all coming from evolving hockey. So I'm just saying... We can do that with Valedo. I will like like we said earlier. This team is in position to experiment and try things out. But so yeah, far, listen, I, I think I'm just trying to reiterate like this think, argument that Valeno's yeah. not bad. We're not giving up on Valeno, but there's nothing that I'm seeing where I go, "Yep, you got to throw him on the second or third line." There's nothing I'm seeing right now. So it's, it's, it's a lot of it's going against him. Yeah, we don't we don't hate him. I just I, he hasn't shown me that you know. The only thing that he has going for him is we, he doesn't have a lot of exposure. So we don't know that he's also going to be as frustrating as Zadina or Rasmussen. Now, b clearly hasn't been watching every episode because we've had full episodes dedicated to how great <laughs> Zadina's been playing from... Um, yeah, we, we try to mention that, you know, the, like, yeah, the deep cut stuff and he's exactly. only 22. Um, but I just, I, you know, I really haven't seen the deep cut stuff from Bolano yet. So I'm right. still kind of... And you gotta, my thumbs waiting. You got to focus on on the words that we're saying too. Like again, I can't say it enough that we're not giving up on him in any way, shape, or form. But we're making these arguments to continue what happened with the second line last night. Let that line keep rolling because there isn't anything that Zadina like Zadina hasn't done enough to say that he comes back after being a healthy scratch and he should be put in there. We're just that those are those arguments we're making. And I think it was even mentioned earlier because uh, we, we mentioned it in the show and one of our comments too, like he's been bumped down regardless of what we say. He's been in the bottom six. He's out of the power play. So it's not even our doing. It's just his own play has kind of pushed him down there. So it's just, you can't really point to a lot and say, wow, look at what Zena's son done so far. I think that's, that's extremely fair to say. And uh, Valeno, being tough on him? No, we're just saying, what have we seen to say that he should be slotted in the second line? It's a, that's an important role. But just to finish this off, Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> we're still happy to give it a shot because we're in that position right now. We are we are not <laughs> winning the Stanley Cup this year. Um, anyway, Jesus. Um, yeah, I guess. I'm it's sorry, okay, man. Everybody. It's okay. Yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, we are there. They are rookies, right? We're being kind of tough on, yeah, but uh, we're not giving up. We're not. <laughs> Damn I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to bundle both of them for a third rounder next year. That's that's not what we're hinting at. <laughs> um, but I do think that we can kind of, you know, we we just have the Valeno colored glasses on. I think some of us, and you know, he he hasn't quite, you know, earned, uh, you know, all this infatuation. I don't think yet. Outside of that, those awesome eyebrows, which is somebody who doesn't really have eyebrows, um, I'm pretty jealous of. <laughs> All right. Um, since we're probably losing some folks here, uh, 
<laughs> we can start talking positive again because we've got a big matchup against. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. I think everybody knows he's got the best eyebrows on the team, man. <laughs> There's no disputing that. We've got uh, we've got Anaheim coming up, Mike. So the big battle of Lucas Raymond and Trevor Zegris is finally here. It'll be uh, it'll be our new Ovechkin Crosby <laughs> Zegris versus Lucas Raymond. Um, Raymond added to his totals. He's at 29 points uh, so far. The uh, 19 assists. Are you telling me we've seen Lucas and Mo do their cutesy stuff outside the outside the the rink, right? Where they're synchronized and they're best buddies already. Are you telling me that they're not like? Getting together and Cider's like, I'm gonna shadow the shit out of this guy. He's not getting a single shot, buddy. If you're gonna win that that, that goal scoring rookie title, I, I got you. <laughs> He's oh man. Um, can I just say, like we've we've talked before about like, oh, how could you don't get so physical on these rookies? All this rookie hazing is ridiculous. But seriously, Mo, just crush the <laughs> crush the fuck <laughs> crush the fuck out of Zegris. Just just destroy him. Um, I did pull up another static seven through in there again. Don't effing give up. We're not giving up, damn it. All right. Um, so <laughs> I did want to pull these up, Mike. I said we were going to be positive, but um, I pulled up the comparison so far of Lucas Raymond, uh, Moritz Sider, yeah. and Trevor Zegris. Um, so far, the advanced analytics say if you if you're putting your money down on on one of these guys to win the Calder, regardless of production, you give it to the guy who's playing well from the expected perspective because uh you could always make the argument that lucas has been more successful than he should be and you look at the guys he plays with and we've made jokes about tyler bertuzzi rolling in with a 60 percent shooting percentage <laughs> so yeah like those are fake points because you can't count on that forever but um it happens with sigris mike he has one of the best highlights of the year so far uh um and even no. he didn't one of the greatest highlights out. in the history of recorded sports but even he didn't think that was going in. You saw his face, just jaw on the floor. He, he was like, holy crap, that went in. Um, so yeah. I wish that you had that queued up for us because that was one of the most amazing, like, eight seconds. Like, the guys at EA Sports are going to have to figure out how to put that into the next game because it's it's not physically possible. Okay, B-Man. Oh, my God. Dude. Cut it out! Oh, that's <laughs> making me so goddamn angry. B-Man, give us some more. I like seeing Matt squirm. Make him squirm. <laughs> what could we possibly be saying right now? <laughs> Do you think Steve Eiserman is looking at what Joe Valeno's doing and he's like, mm, oh my god, oh, I can't can't wait to get outshot <laughs> seven to three. Larkin, we're bumping you to the second line, buddy. <laughs> Put Valeno up there with Raymond. Um, it's just about looking at the statistics right now and analyzing from that perspective. Good gravy. Um, <clears throat> all right. And then there's Mo Sider, who, uh, you know, everything we've seen, this is where we jump outside of the analytics because we know Mo Sider looks like <sighs> Mike at times. He's looked like an elite defenseman that could just about, you know, be ready to go in an all-star game. And we'd have nobody across the league would, nobody would care. They'd be happy with it. Let's put more Sider in all-star games. No problem. Like we split. Let's roll. Um, yeah. but yeah, from, from the advanced analytics perspective though, we see, you know, we could look at production, we could see, um, we could see the, the highlights of these two players, uh, or I should say these three players. And I think, I think it's fair to say Zegris right now, like you said, since he has the best, as you said, in, in recorded sports history highlights. So he's probably got the nod there. Um, That's so yeah, true. what you'd have to hope for is just a, a huge 
separation at some point. Um, if we go back to this slide, the 29 points that Lucas has right now. Uh, and I mean, I guess... Mo, Mo is the thinking man's Calder winner, but when right. they all submit their uh, highlight reels. Uh, it's being realistic with who everybody's going to vote for. Yeah, I'm voting for one highlight. I'm voting for the most magical See? goal in, in NHL history. Okay, B-Van wants to put Lucas Raymond on the third line. <laughs> what? What is happening? I don't know what's going on. He wants to We're put Joe Valeno on the first line with uh, Zadina and uh, who else? Who should we call up from Grand Rapids? Let's put Taro Hirose. Ooh, there's <laughs> a hot ticket. Yeah, like that. <laughs> All right. Um, Static Seven's still giving us shit, by the way. He's still letting us know we need Zadina since we've uh, campaigned for him to be uh thrown in prison throw away the key all right i'm so distracted by the comments right now this show has just gone to complete hell i just i love that it gets under your skin i don't i don't know why it tickles me no so he much. hates hockey you hate hockey oh no Static seven hates hockey now Thank don't great. give up Static great. seven don't give up yeah now yeah <laughs> i'm gonna send it right back your spin way. it back yeah. all right so now that this this plan of mine is in complete shambles um the main wow. point of uh, excitement for this game coming up, again, is Zegras, Lucas Raymond, and uh, Cider going at it. Take a look at uh, the actual matchup, though, the Wingdings and the Ducks. Um, you know, you've, you've got a team that's uh, actually shown it a few times this year that they legitimately could, uh, you know, the playoffs are a legit conversation. Um, and then for the Wingdings, it's just one of those where we're in and out and... Um, we're moving further and further away from that being an everyday part of the conversation. So uh, you could see well, it here looks highlighted. Like most so of the time it's, you know, the five on five stuff, you know, it's pretty kind of back and forth, but the special teams is the right. issue. We can't score on the power play and the ducks are incredible at stopping against. So that's probably not a, probably not a recipe for Red Wing success. So already being a road game, we know how bad that disparity is between uh, home and road performances by our, our beloved uh, wind wheel uh, boys. But uh, whew, a team that's really good at stopping uh, power play goals and Red Wings. I don't know. Tange, his, his words are falling on deaf ears, Matt. We're, we're still not really scoring on the power play. If he takes a look at that penalty kill, <laughs> tries to adjust. No. Um, that is super disappointing. Cause I, I was the bonehead who said, uh, we'd have a really great power play this year based on, um, based on our exhibition games or preseason games this year. And then I probably just blind excitement for a new power play coach. But I think, uh, you know, all we're seeing is just more evidence that, uh, we have a lot of holes to fill because those are the teams that have more success on the power play have, have those holes already filled uh, on the wing. You've got your flanks ready to go. We're watching Lucas Raymond give Bumper a shot, which, um, you know, that's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother day. I don't, I don't know. <sighs> I don't know what you think, Mike. I know people have been pretty harsh on Jeff um, for putting Lucas in the bumper. He's got a pretty good reason for doing it because he's comparing Lucas to uh, the likes of Braden Point. But either way, uh, we're still in this mode of like experimenting on the power play. So clearly... We're not in the conversation yet of moving past what Jay Frush has us measured as as the 28th best team in the NHL uh, from a special teams uh, and power play perspective. So, um, yeah. To sum it up, Mike, I, I think you already did most of it. Um, if this gets out of hand from a special teams perspective, if there are going to be a lot of penalties called, 
I think you could safely say the Ducks take this one. But, um, you know, if we can keep it five on five, it'll just be kind of a flip of the coin by the end of this game. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there, there isn't much more to that. I, You know, if, if we're going to DraftKings and putting a, putting money down on this one, um, I think you go Ducks. But, uh, you know, maybe uh, maybe we'll win again in our next home game. This this is not one I would bet Red Wings for. <laughs> yeah, and I think uh, right now the Ducks stand at uh, 43 points second in the Pacific right now. And that uh, 43 points, I think, has them tied for third right now in the Western Conference. So they're playing great. I think the conversation of um, them being more of a uh, more playoff conversation um, – and playoff contender rather than it being Stanley Cup contender just depends on how long you think they'll keep this rolling. Nobody yeah. really pegged them to be to kind of take this huge leap in the standings. So how long is it going to go? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I wouldn't put money on the Red Wings, but, man, this should really be a must-watch um, just to watch that Rookie of the Year uh, battle because this, this is probably going to be pretty fun. Yeah, if they, if they had any um... – I don't. I don't think they have the ability to like switch things up and like do a TNT or ESPN kind of rollout like on the fly. But that oh, the be... flex like a flex schedule. Yeah, exactly. Like the NFL does. Yeah. If they had that ability, that now is the time to roll that out. Um, and then just before we do our next episode, we do have the Kings as well. Which uh, from five on five perspective, uh, Mike, they'll take it. So this is a different conversation. Special teams. Absolute dog crap on either side of the ice here for the Wings and the Kings. But um, goaltending, the Kings have it. Five on five, goals against, the Kings have it. Five on five, expected goals for, the Kings have it. You're you're talking literally, literally, the exact opposite game going on uh, between uh, between the Ducks and the Kings and, and what, as a Red Wings fan, you'd hope for, or at least what where the loss could come from is what I should say. So the loss comes from against the Ducks. Special teams play. Loss against the Kings comes from steadfast five on five. So if you can't get past their goaltender, who's uh, their goaltending, I should say, is fifth in the league, uh, you're also going to struggle getting past the fourth ranked expected goals against, or I'm sorry, five on five goals against team, and uh, the number six ranked five on five expected goals for team. So they're putting the chances on there. Uh, both of us are struggling to just hit the back of the net, but when you're talking about the Wings playing on the road, Play a team that will control the puck at home. And what a terrible way for me to sum up two games. How are we going to lose? Um, <laughs> well, that's it. Uh, rest of it's crossing your fingers, Mike. Hoping for 60% shooting percentage from Tyler Bertuzzi. Uh, but I do I, I do think, number one, go back to that Ducks game. You're, you're really hoping for uh, Cider and Lucas to kind of, you know, flip another switch. You've got Zegras out there. You want to show what you can do. You want to show that you're the rookie everybody should be talking about. Fear is, Trevor knows that too. So hold your breath. Hmm. All right. Um, where are we at? Silver 34. Uh, Verana is uh, is a leader. There's a couple messages here. And uh, Static 7 is, is getting in a fight with Ace Fishing. Silver 34. Yeah, we're, we're all fighting. Um, I'm missing the whole fight. Yeah, I know. I'm in control of the comments. Um, oh, here, here B-Van did say he wasn't putting Raymond on the third line. He's saying his production would be worse if he was on the third line. <sighs> I mean, yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing of it. It's just, are you really looking at Lucas Raymond and Joe Valeno or 
of Phillips Adina, and you're saying those guys are on the same level right now? Are we really, are we really having that conversation? I, hmm. I just, uh, I really, you know, maybe he's watching a, you know, different game, but I, I just, I thought it was pretty, pretty objective, um, noticeable difference. I mean, from minors, you know, up to scouting reports, up to, you know, certain, you know, skills that you, I, I don't even know if they're coachable. Um, I, I think it's just kind of certain things you're kind of imbued with as a, as a natural talent uh, for Lucas. Um, I mean, that's, that's not just two idiots like us talking. I mean, you know, that's, that's people who've played people in the booth who, you know, he, he just has this uncanny ability to, you know, make a bunch of smart plays along the boards, making smart passes, um, having a wicked shot. Um, you know, I don't know if a lot of human beings have that. Something yeah. Raymond definitely does. So I, you know, I, I, to an extent, like, I think your point, you know, if he wasn't playing with Larkin and Bertuzzi, uh, sure, his points would probably be down, but I think he's getting that chance up there because he has objectively more talent than those other first rounders. But can we talk about, like, Larkin's on pace to have a career year? He's been playing with Tyler Bertuzzi the whole time. Now he's playing with Lucas Raymond. I, uh, I just, I, I'm, I'm not having that conversation, right? Like, we're not we're not comparing right now. <laughs> we're just not doing that. I'm sorry. Um it, it's not about just playing on the first line. I mean, this is this is beyond analytics and eyeball tests. L- Lucas Raymond is better than Joe Valeno and Philip Sedina. And and may I say one more time, we're not giving up on either one of those guys. I just think it's crazy to say that they absolutely belong on the second line of, of any NHL team right now. Um and it's fair to say we- they need they need time to continue to learn and get better. I, that's not, uh, that's not out of the realm. And with Delano, like, I think the reason we brought up, you know, um, like a St. Louis Fabry situation or a Brendan Perlini situation is, uh, you know, we're at the end of that contract. So he's going to be a restricted free agent. And what do you do? What do you do for both sides? Because uh, the production hasn't been here yet for Detroit. And you got, if you're going to sign them, it costs money. And it's a roster spot, so, you know, it's just a couple things to consider. You know, whether or not a reset might be in the best interest of all parties. He's only 22, but just something to think about here. Well, um, Mike, we've, we've still got uh, so much to talk about, Red Wings-wise. We have our 200th episode coming up this weekend, so Matt has uh, – he's got a surprise up his sleeve uh, for anybody that wants to uh, tune in. we'll try. I'll try and post, like, an actual time we're going to do it so you guys can see what's going on with the 200th episode. Uh, B Vin, I hope you're there. Static Seven, I hope you're there. We're gonna, we're just gonna do a whole episode about who we could trade Valeno and Zadina for. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, um, well, we'll have some fun. Um, should mention that the shop is finally updated. Those prices are where they're supposed to be at now. Everything's at least ten dollars cheaper across the board. Um, or, or it's been cut in half completely. So if you guys want to go to bodpodcast.com or brothersofdiscussion.com and click on the shop button, uh, we'll, we'll be we'll be good to go. Uh, go ahead and order your stuff, support the show. Other couple ways you can support us, hit that subscribe button right now. We're so close, I think, to 600. I got confused because uh, where's our Twitter? Finally hit 900. So it's uh, we're kind of hey. we're, we're in lockstep. So yeah. Twitter's hitting 900 followers. <clears throat> we love uh, we love some some of y'all who are uh, new. I think that includes Bvan 53. Um, have fun with us. Hit, hit subscribe. 
we'll keep arguing about whether or not Lucas Raymond or Joe Valeno is better. And how Are they locks for the Hall of Fame? <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, hit those like buttons too if you guys do have a second. That would uh, that would also do us a, a great deal of good. And uh, if um, if you want to, you see those fun size episodes pop up. Uh, they'll probably be something we've just discussed. Uh, we'll keep them nice and short. You guys do us that favor. Just hit the like button if you see it pop up. It does us a world of good. All right, everybody. Oh, podcast listeners, subscribe, rate, and review on Apple. That's really the best place to do it. Um, but everybody, thanks for tuning in. We got to throw this out there. Uh, Fethdar, thank you. Um, and Jared, throwing it out there. Three shy of 600. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it, guys. And Static 7, we were so wrong about Pedersen. Well, I would say we were well wrong for all of you YouTube. I would say that we were right because his best option was Detroit. Clearly. (laughs) Boom. All right. With that, we're rolling it out. Thanks for listening, everybody. Go to one, Mike. You got (laughs) him.